welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we are discussing the Infinity Gauntlet number three, because this miniseries has been just so much fun. We just got to keep going with it. So what I didn't expect with chapter three is like, okay, Thanos has already killed half the living beings in the universe. And he's, you know, caused chaos throughout the galaxy, right? The Kree and the Skrull are fighting and everyone's torn up with, with tremendous pain about everything going on in the world. But no, there's more than that. New York City is destroyed. And now the earth is, is wandering further away from the sun. Like could things get, literally get any worse for humanity? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, all the cosmic beings get called together and like half of them are like, yeah, screw this stuff. We don't care. We're just here to watch or whatever. We don't really care about you earthlings. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. things just feel so dark here. It's like the most, it's almost kind of like the most powerful countries or rich people. They're like, you know what? This doesn't really affect us that much. And I don't want to jeopardize my own cosmic entity-ness. So, nah, it's all right. I'm not, I, or like, I'm too good for you guys. And then there's this stupid watcher that's always like, I can't interfere. I, 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 I'm only a watcher. He is a stupid character. I got to say, I think he is just like a stupid character. Like, what's the point of having a character who just stands there and says, yeah, this is bad, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm recording. What's that? He's a recorder. He records. He's a recorder, yeah. He's the guy who writes the history books, but won't intervene. Yeah. So it's kind of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, what do you think of the whole sequence? I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought some of them would be joining, and I think a couple of them did join them, right? Yeah. The floating heads and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but there are a lot of these characters I had to look up, you know. Uh. I couldn't I remember the living tribunal. Yeah. Hey, I looked up the living tribunal. Apparently, Dr. Strange had battled the living tribunal. Uh, so the first appearance was like in a strange tales where Dr. Strange had to battle him and convince him that humanity is good, that you shouldn't kill humanity, which is the same type of thing they used in Fantastic Four. Right. I like this. Yeah. What's so Doctor Strange too? Because he was always fighting these giant mystic beings who didn't care about humanity, and none of humanity knew he was fighting for us either. Mm-hmm. He was just sacrificing himself, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the tribunal. Yeah, he looks that's such a bad design too. He's all yellow, golden, I guess, with like a glowing sun heart and three heads. Mm-hmm. Such a weird appearance. Yeah, a few of these people I didn't know, like Cronus, the Titan God of Time. Mm-hmm. or lord master lord chaos and master order the cosmic balance like like and I, honestly like who who cares about these characters yeah because Stalin loved his cosmic stuff too yeah Stalin is so good i really like i mean i really i'm gonna i'm a fan so i, I want to get i want to learn more about some of the stuff that uh Stalin has written but this was cool i mean there's there's just more to it with that, the meeting of the cosmic entities, um, Thanos coming up, like conjuring up his ideal girlfriend to make Death jealous. 
um, Captain Marvel going secretly going up to Hulk and Wolverine and telling him you're going to have to be the one to kill Thanos because you're the only ones that kill in comic books. And like you said last time, like the book is so full of great moments with the different characters, like the great scene with with uh, the Hulk and Wolverine, where like everyone's afraid they're going to fight with each other. And they go and they hang out with each other. And basically they say, you know, I like you because we're both monsters. Mm -hmm. It's just like a fun little moment between them. Although I don't necessarily think, at least at this time, was Wolverine a monster? This is like in the, oh, it was in the 80s, right? So maybe he was. Yeah, this is like 1990 or 91. So no, he was just a monster in his soul. Yeah. Can you feel the pain in Wolverine's soul, Amir? Mm -hmm. And then at the end, he's like, well, him and uh, Marvel and Marvel and uh, Silver Surfer are talking. He's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just sending those to die. That They're just a, an aversion or a decoy or something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the way Perez draws Hulk, by the way. Because Wolverine looks maybe a tiny bit clean, but the way he draws Hulk with that kind of higher forehead and the messy hair... Mm -hmm. uh, in that big jumpsuit like there's it's just such an impressively drawn figure like yeah i mean i think there, of, when he's sitting there hanging over when they they have the one page where he's hanging out with wolverine and you see him hanging over like kind of almost wrapped up in a ball he just looks so enormous but he doesn't look unrealistic mm -hmm. he really does look like a guy i could see at the gym or something but his hands are freaking like maybe the most monstrous part of him. Mm -hmm. I think of this as the Perez Hulk when he, Perez worked with uh, on Hulk quite a bit, right? He did the Future Imperfect. Yeah, that's his most famous Hulk thing. Yeah, and, uh, and that's like the Smart Hulk, and I think of this as a Smart Hulk. The Dumb Hulk, his face would be like more like square and like a less expressions you're right yeah because he looks like he's like thinking the whole time mm -hmm. oh and that's another thing with perez right he's he's so good at like getting these characters to really pop on the page yeah his expressions are great yeah they the when when um warlock comes in after wolverine and hulk are chatting the three of them are talking and the hulk like puts his hand up to his face like he's really thinking about where he wants to be part of this mm -hmm. like it really he looks like the action hero or something really kind of thinking things through mm -hmm. i think of uh, i you know the scene with uh i also i love his art and the scene with um black widow saving people from the rubble and people horror being looking horrified and everything it reminds me a lot of like Dave Gibbons Watchmen, like people's expressions and faces. Oh, good, good call on that. I wonder if there's a little bit of studying. Although I could, I mean, it's definitely different, but. It looks like it's in the nine panel grid too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the great use of silence on that page. You can tell, uh, you can tell that Starlin's an artist because he just has an idea of how the eye is going to move across the page instead of worrying about kind of conjuring up or you know have, filling it with words mm -hmm. i mean that's such a dramatic looking page where black widow is saving the people from the building 
Mm-hmm. Perez just draws the hell out of it too. And it's not just like him drawing the bricks and he seems to like draw every freaking brick. But like the way, like in the second panel, you got the woman hanging from the window and the hand pointing up to it. And it, it, like he creates so much drama just in that one little moment there. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. Got the hand pointing up to the woman and then shows the woman and the images echo each other a little bit because like there's the hand pointing up to her and then we see her arm holding her onto the building. Mm-hmm. And so like he's locking our eyes in the same place, but he's emphasizing the drama. Like this is really great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the next year, Black Widow's running into the building at the same angle the hand is pointing at and at the same angle her arm is coming down at. So like there's just tremendous visual continuity that he breaks it with that single panel where you're looking at the Black Widow's face. We got everything angled to the right. I guess her face is to the right, but he's breaking it because he breaks up the the background image. It's just Mm -hmm. a really masterful page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of similar with the Moon Knight page a little further on. The feel is different, but like it's also got this kind of uh, like expanse to it. That's a great page. I wonder who owns these pages. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? That Moon Knight page is amazing. Like the whole New York City on fire and mm-hmm. Moon Knight looking at it. Ooh. And like you could see the pain in Moon Knight's face, even though his eyes are just these kind of triangular slits or something. Even the way he draws his hands, like so clenched with anger and fear. There's so much characterization in that. Man, I'm so, it makes me so sad again about losing George Perez. Mm-hmm. The, the amazing, wonderful thing about George Perez is like, he can have, his storytelling is amazing, but the pages can have, um, what a full page spread, the effect of a full page spread, even though there's storytelling in it. You know, like that whole part where, you know, Moon Knight, you know, you see Moon Knight talking, you know, talking to himself and, you know, with panels and everything and the right type of storytelling. And then you see that right in the middle of that page, you see that amazing full page spread as a panel. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you, I mean, I don't know how to, maybe describe it properly but it's just amazing it's like you get everything you get everything meat potatoes everything (laughs) it's like jack kirby only on a higher level even right Mm. because like it's it's it captures more than just like what more than what kirby would create which is the action but also the drama inside it Mm. uh you know it feels like you're, you're taking these these big images but also like using them in storytelling and not just as flash in the same way. And then when he does use big images, like they are so spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like the last page of the book, right? Or the page when all the heroes are gathered together. That looks like something out of Crisis on Infinite Earth. Yeah, yeah. And then the book ends with that double page spread. And like, it just feels so enormous. And that's truly widescreen comic making. Mm-hmm. 
And like we we're talking about last time too, when he draws all those characters together with little tiny gestures, he's able to really capture their personalities. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. such a masterful work. I, we have to give credit to Joe Rubenstein too as the anchor because mm -hmm. he's so good at kind of capturing, uh, embellishing Perez's approach to things. Mm -hmm. And then there's the mystery, the mysterious look of Adam Warlock in the, among everything else too. Because Warlock is kind of a little hard to interpret. And it makes him, it gives him this interesting kind of mystery to him. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Silver Surfer is this cosmic hero who's almost unknowable, but Warlock is on the whole other level of unknowable. Yeah, I have no history with Adam Warlock at all. There is a new gallery edition of Adam Warlock that I'm thinking of buying just to learn. You would love it. You would love that work. I mean, it's it's um, it's all precursor stuff to this. It's very weird '70s cosmic stuff, but um, the character is so intriguing, and the stories are so powerful. They're very unique, mm -hmm. very unique. That's redundant. They are unique because no one really approached their comics work the way Starlin did during that time. Mm. I mean, this, like the, the meta story of, of um, Infinity Gauntlet is that like, this is Starlin using all the, you know, he was the rock star of the seventies, but he was like this auteurist rock star. It's weird because like comics in the seventies are a little bit like movies in the seventies where mm -hmm. like you had these film directors who were working on their pet projects and they were critically acclaimed, but they didn't sell well. People didn't go to the movies as much to see them. And then by the early 80s and into the 90s, they started making these commercial projects and they were huge blockbusters. Mm -hmm. So Starlin is one of these guys who, you know, he had this cult following. People read him on, you know, uh, Captain Marvel and Warlock and Dreadstar. But then by the time he hit the 90s hit and he created Infinity Gauntlet, like he was ready to completely level up. And this feels like a level up or like a, almost like a two level up compared to his earlier work. So if uh, if if he was uh, like Martin Scorsese, Adam Warlock was like a taxi driver, and this is Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah, yeah, because he's using the same, he's doing the same kind of thing, just doing it at a whole another level of craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. He's melding the popular uh, with the with the. Um, the stuff he's passionate about and creating something people just love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm, that's interesting. Actually, this is that uh, Johnny Depp flick. What was it? The Departed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Johnny Depp's not in that one, but that's a great movie. I'm sorry, not Johnny Depp. Uh, DiCaprio, sorry. Yeah, well, that's an amazing film. I just watched that a few months ago. I talked about it on my movie pod. Did this uh, book... Um, get any Eisners, like a, like from a mainstream? I know it's sold a lot, right? And by the way, this is the last issue that George Perez draws in this series. Oh, does um, Ron Lim draws them? Take, Lim takes over next issue, okay. I mean, they, it, I, when I looked at the next issue, it says both Ron Lim and George Perez. So I'm assuming Lim jumped in and 
start to do with pencils going forward. Well, if so, we're losing that on a on great art, but I bet Lim does a great job on it too. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Oh, it has Lim and Perez credited together on pencils. Leafing through it, it looks like it looks like Perez. Oh, okay. Maybe Lim. There's pages that look more like Lim though. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I don't see a lot of difference. We could talk about that next week. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I'm surprised I really don't see much difference. I'm finding, yeah, I'm, let's talk about, when we talk about next week, that'd be cool. Um, but I think I'm gonna enjoy this. I actually was thinking we should stop at Perez pencils, but then it's like, no, you know, I like the story. Just no, we gotta see. finish our run now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're too deep. We're in too deep. I can't I, act like uh, Galactus and try to quit on everybody. <laughs> yeah, you can't walk away like eternity with no explanation. Yeah. It's just the thing eternity does. Well, screw you, eternity. Come help us all out. The mere, the mere struggles of humans matter not to me. <laughs> all that crap. Yeah, I love how he creates his uh his perfect girl to Taraxia the terrible. She's everything my soul longs for. She's everything you are not. That's totally like a dude who like can't get a girl to like him. What so a... he he creates this girl uh, like like this magic pixie dream girl kind of character. His own little fake girlfriend. This is his girlfriend in Canada. <laughs> you think she's going to bring him any happiness? Or she's just going to be his little pawn? No, I think she's, he's going to be pissed. She looks like him, too. I wonder, I wonder if she's going to betray him. She does look like him. She doesn't have that chin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's an ugly dude. Yeah, I'm surprised actually he didn't give her the chin. Because I wonder if he thinks his chin is beautiful. Mm -hmm. He probably doesn't. He probably hates himself. I, I actually need to, I'd like, I mean, I probably won't read up on her that much until we finish up the series because I don't want to get spoiled and stuff. Mm -hmm. Me too. But um, I'd like to know more about what happens with her. I'm sure she comes up later on. Do you have any guess why? they select this group of superheroes to join. Because there's a well, the whole big like two-page sequence where Doctor Strange conjures up this specific group of heroes. And you can get it why like someone like Fire Lord is part of the group. But like, why does he pick like Cyclops out of all the X-Men? Oh, well, I mean, the ones that don't fit are the ones that are like, everybody buys those issues, you know? So like, X-Men doesn't fit. I mean, why is Spider-Man coming along? What's he going to do, throw a web in space? Right, exactly. Like, what? I, I kind of, I, like, Thor, okay. Spider-Man, like, what's the point? Is he going to make I mean, that much yeah. difference? I think, you know, Cyclops, uh, Spider-Man. I think of the non-popular ones, and I know Namor is, you know, the first Marvel, so he has to be there. 
But I mean, Neymar doesn't fit. You know, why is he, isn't he a water guy? And then yeah. um, I like guy. that Doom is there. I like that they have like a bad guy in there. Mm-hmm. Well, and that emphasizes like how big the threat is too, because Doom has to help out. Mm-hmm. He has the need to to join in. But I think most of the people who don't belong are people who would have uh, who who sold issues. <laughs> so you think it's just a way. Oh, thank you.